0: It's Issa. And I'm also Tiffany. This is the last Tiffany. And this is
1: Tit Talks, a podcast for modern women living in a mama world. All right, guys, this is Tit Talks, and we have the Tiffany's and Isa here. Um, hey, guys. Hi. Hi. Our first episode was Growing Up Asian American, and it was supposed to come out this Wednesday. We're recording after protests for George Floyd, for Breonna Taylor, that really has come with the built up frustration about the injustices in our criminal justice system and just in society in general. So we thought it was really important for us to film a bonus episode to talk about this because, you know, our experiences are all tied into racial injustice, right? So I'm going to just kind of head this off. Um, We're all allies. We've definitely um, have made it known on our page um, how we feel and how we choose to take action. So I'm gonna go into some information about being a good ally for the black community. Black lives do matter and until they do, nobody else's life really will. So, you know, allies are people who recognize the unearned privilege they receive from society's patterns of injustice and take responsibility for changing these patterns. Part of becoming an ally is also recognizing one's own experience of oppression in order to empathize with the struggles of others. An ally is a person whose commitment to dismantling oppression is reflected in a willingness to do the following, um, educate oneself about oppression, learn from and listen to people who are targets of oppression, examine and challenge one's own prejudices, stereotypes and assumptions. And you know it's important that we all work through these feelings of guilt or shame, defensiveness, um, and especially amongst our families. If if you know you see something like that, or if you've experienced something like that, um, learn and practice the skills of challenging oppressive remarks, behaviors, policies, and institutional structures, and that we act collaboratively with members of the target group to dismantle. Oppression. So I know a lot of us have taken action towards signing petitions, towards donating. You know we're committed to voting. Fuck Trump. <laughs> um, yep. But I just want, <laughs> I just want, I just want it to be known. Like if I say something, this is Issa. If I say something, it doesn't necessarily mean that all of the Tiffany's agree. But we are all on the same page as far as allyship goes. Black Lives Matter. Um, systemic racism needs to stop we are all on the same page but again you know I might say something that might not be their experience so I just wanted to also let that you know yeah, I, I just want to ask. I just want to add the importance of discourse and the importance of just hearing the other perspective, and the importance of understanding that you don't need to know it all right now, and that it's so critical to learn and just sit back and kind of absorb all the literature and all the good uh, research from scientific communities that
0: have put together good points for you to learn, and that it's okay that you don't know how to handle this, because I found myself in that position early on, too, where it's like, I don't know what to do, so maybe I shouldn't do anything at all, but that's definitely not the best course of action. Um, This is a time for education, and this
1: is a time for talking to each other and learning what is the right thing to do. So it's
0: it's okay to be starting off at this point, too. Just wanted to make that. Yes. Yeah. And I think like, I guess like I personally will be the first to admit that I was uncomfortable, I would say like, I think I'm uncomfortable probably in my own privilege, uncomfortable in the fact that it took me 37 years to, to take some serious action and also uncomfortable that some of the dialogue has uncovered, I suppose, unknown to me, privileges that, that were um, oppressing the black community, um, and some of that is obviously rooted in um, the model minority myth and the, um, and, and the roots of that in, in white supremacy, but it, it doesn't excuse it, you know, and I guess, like, at the end of the day, I think for me, it's, I, I don't want to be on the wrong side of this fight, and I know what the right side is, um, and I think, like, doing nothing is tantamount to being complicit to an unjust system. So you may not, to, to Tiffany's point, to T. point, not have the right answer on how to deal with it. But I think the important thing is, is continued growth, um, the continued open to listen, and the future change in, in your behavior. Like, you know, I hope to God that this is not, um, what do you call it, a fad, right? Like, right. I hope to God that this is, like, actually a call to action for all of humanity, that enough is enough, mm-hmm. um, and that it changes all of us, um, and I think it really has particularly for our generation for the younger generations and and I think that we are that example to our children um, that if, if we don't, what kind of legacy are we leaving them you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. Um, so I think you know in our post which you mentioned've we've, we've, we've talked about many of the ways that you can be an ally to donate to educate yourself to listen um, to, to protest if you can, you know? Um, so I think in, in our own ways, we're doing all of that and it may not all manifest in the same way, but it's to the same end, um, to the same end, end goal.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to piggyback off that too, because I, I think, you know, we've always, no matter what, we've always been on the right side, but, um, there's like a, of palpable, tangible energy in the air. We're just like in the last month, all these really terrible things have happened to members of the black community. Um, and just, you just can't look away. It's in your face. And um, it's just to the point where saying nothing, doing nothing because you're scared of saying the wrong thing, like that's just not going to fly anymore. And the, like, even if you are afraid to say something for fear of saying the wrong thing because you don't want to put your foot in your mouth, I think, you know, I think that you can be an ally by at least practicing, no, you know, if, practice being an ally. If you say something wrong, be open to hearing why maybe your version of support might be offensive to, you know, to the community at issue. Um, I think it's just, imp- it's important that we use our voices, especially us and our platform to show support and show that, you know, this isn't going to be tolerated anymore. It's done. It's a new era.
1: It is. And you can see it in the new generation confronting their families. I've had to confront family, which has led to a very tumultuous state right now, but it's worth it. It's all worth it. Cause it does need to end. Yeah. Um, and part of, um, you know, I have to give it up to my Beat Junkie fam because we all had a Zoom meeting, um, all the students um, and, and the instructors, huge DJs in the community um, about it. And, you know, just to see people emotional, crying, yelling about things that they've experienced um, made me really reflect in like what I did not put into growing up Asian American which made me want to do this bonus episode. So, um, you know, I really did look back. I don't know why I blocked it out. I always knew about it, but my great-grandfather, Japanese, my Japanese great-grandfather, there's a smaller island next to Guam. He was a sugar cane plantation owner. He also owned a lumber company in Borneo. Um, And so he actually died when his ship was bombed Um, at the outset of World War II, Um, between the two and my grandparents or my grandma had to be expatriated back to Japan when the Americans won the war. So that's one side of it. Um, But when my my grandmother, my great-grandfather married a Chamorro woman (laughs) and had my grandmother, my grandmother, was so horrible to my mother. My dad married a Shmura woman. He is Japanese, Italian, and has Shmura on him, obviously. He, she gave him so much shit, and her my grand my mother for their whole marriage. Oh. When she is of the same descent, because yeah. he did not marry a white woman or a Japanese woman. So, if you think about that, you know, I know in all of our cultures, it's like the bre- darker you are, like. You know the more prejudice bias you face, um, and it's it's this as well. And I even thought about growing up. I'm going to get a little emotional about it, but I was reflecting because of all of this. And my grandmother would me and my brothers. So I'm on the darker side, but not as dark as my younger my youngest brother. And my middle brother, he when he was born, he's super light, looks Japanese. And he would tell my mom that my youngest brother was like not even my dad's child. During Christmas, she would give us gifts. She would leave him out. You know, it's nothing compared to facing, you know, to being pulled over by a cop and like possibly thinking that you're going to die. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> and I even think about... How many times I've been pulled over and I've talked my way out of it. How many times do you think Jake has been able to? None, zero. Probably talked my way out of like, I just talked my way out of a ticket like six months ago when I got pulled over. So it's definitely within my family and I just forgot about it. I think, you know, as you become an adult, you kind of hide things that are, you know, like hurtful. Yeah. So... I was thinking about that. And then I also thought about my dad who carried it on. Because when I first started dating Jake, he would tell me like, oh, his dad's a drug dealer. His dad was like a chaplain for the police. It's crazy. So he would tell me all of these things, stereotypical things that, I mean, you even hear from Trump regarding the Mexican community. So even though his great grandfather, married a brown woman his grandmother still was racist against her child and her her child my dad still racist against my husband and and that is why it just needs to stop and I know my daughter will never face that because we're you know Jake is Mexican Puerto Rican we're so multicultural and you know just by who we are in our relationship so she will never have to but can't imagine that it's so prevalent in all of our communities, you know, in the Asian community, the Mexican community, the black community. I mean, regardless of my, you know, the model minority myth, like, light. like, I remember we just went back to Guam in 2017 when my mom's like, I got this lightning soap, you know, like, why do you need to do that? I just, and it's, it's just so ingrained in all of us, not me. <laughs> not not you guys, because yeah, we're the new generation that recognizes that it's it's wrong, but I really forgot about like the injustices within my own family. I mean, you know, we just don't talk about it anymore because we they're no longer in our lives, but those are sometimes the steps you have to take to stop those actions. Yeah. So that is my story, but I'm so sorry. I'm really sorry. Yeah, you had to go through that. It's yeah. just... Um, and it's nothing compared to, you know, what other people have to face. And so that's why, uh, you know, I've really com- been combating my family um, about what they think. about. I mean, I don't even... Why do I have to talk about Blue Lives Matter? They're the most protective fucking group in the country. Like, why do we have to why do we care so much about our commodities versus people's lives? Mm-hmm. Protesting has always brought change. Um, and so, you know, that's just how I feel like it was important to say this on here. Just so people know, like, it's important to approach that in your own families and to stop any action that that is like that. And even if it's not to that degree, even if it's a small slight, like, you know, I can commend my husband for recognizing it in his own family um, mm-hmm. and, you know, try to make a, make a change with me um, on all fronts and reflecting, you know, as well and changing how you move forward. And I think that's all that we can do at the most minimum.
0: Yeah. But yeah. look, I think like you probably are a model example of what's, what's supposed to be happening to everybody right now. You're yeah. supposed to reflect, and mm-hmm. and and some of that reflection will cause trauma. Mm-hmm. But you're also supposed to reflect, and and you're supposed to combat all of all of the stuff that's that's not right. Um, and and you have been honestly like the biggest agent for change, I think, of all of us. Like you are very vocal, you're very clear. You did a DJ set in support of Breonna yeah. Taylor, yeah. like. I, I, I couldn't have a better example, I suppose. Is is oh, the, thank you. The short of what I'm trying to say, and I'm I'm, my heart is broken that your you and your brothers had to go through that. Like my heart is broken for you, and I think you're right that you know it's 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 painful and it's not half of what many of the people in America have to face. But right. I think if you can do that introspection and and look inside yourself, then you have the empathy. Yes. For, for what's happening and you can understand why it is honestly the biggest fight of our lives right now
2: right yeah yeah you said your your experiences led you to be this great activist and you're like a gift that keeps on giving because you're setting such a great example for for us and anyone who can see your social media or even just talk to you or be in your presence because because mm-hmm. No racist will survive around you. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even mean
1: to make this emotional, but I think speaking it out loud, you know, like I, I wrote my notes.
0: Yeah.
1: Speaking it out loud is crazy. And, um, and thinking about colonialism, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. And I think that was my point. Um, we all know how to support black lives matter. Um, you know, by donating, by signing petitions and things like that. But I think the real change within your families, within the minds mm-hmm. of people will come in that um, self-reflection. And, and like Ticha had mentioned before, like self-re-education, um, using the right resources. Um, and I know, um, Tilo, you talked about code switch. Mm-hmm. Um, through NPR, and that has been actually I've been listening, and that has been a game changer too. Um, just so you, yeah, you, you know, educate yourself in the right way. You know, mm-hmm. don't listen to Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> yeah.
0: I actually also finished. Um, God, there's such a long list of resources you should be and could be listening to, but I also just finished. Um, I don't know if anybody, any of you guys watched Thirteenth? Yeah, on Netflix. Um, but that took it all the way back to Mm -hmm. the root um, of of the issue. And, and it is such an educational piece. I feel like if, if anything, I haven't watched any of the other ones, but, um, but that one was a great one. And I think just, there were so many great facts. Like, I think it was, um, I think, was it uh, black men are only like 6.5% of the, the population, but they're 40% of the U, uh, of the prison of the population. Prison population. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 it and it, went, and it went back to the loophole, which is why it's called the 13th of the 13th Amendment about how yes, it abolished slavery, but there was a loophole of like unless you're a criminal. So directly after the 13th Amendment was enacted, there was a huge prison boom because they basically um, were criminalizing all the all the African American men and for for really 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 minor offenses like loitering and then they were utilizing them as labor and it's just like really a cycle that just mm-hmm. keeps going on and on and on and nothing that they participated in i think for us as asian americans our parents our our forebearers whatever they came here for a better life right mm-hmm. like it was a choice that they were able to make. Mm-hmm. but for the black black community it wasn't a choice like they were bought, brought here as slaves and i think that's really an important point um that you know gets glossed over a lot of people just don't go to the root of it I suppose and I think the 13th documentary really does um expose the beginnings of of how and why we came to be here
1: right and it's so important to know the um gravity of law and order Mm -hmm. um I'm putting quotations in the air and how that does how is how that just um created an evolution from slavery into you know the political the criminal justice system we Mm -hmm. have now nothing really has changed and and the police force the criminal justice system is really ingrained in it's it's part of it it's part of that transition so it needs a full revel you know there needs to be just a full yeah
0: it just needs to be undone and I I, like as a numbers person like you can't I guess for me like you can't refute fact I suppose is my standpoint like one in three men in the documentary are are black men will be incarcerated in their lifetime and and the same stat is one in 17 for white men so it's just it's the systemic yep issue that keeps popping up and and we need a rehaul, I suppose.
1: Yeah, it's not good cop, bad cop. It's in the system.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So I think in relation to our growing up Asian episode, just so you guys know, we started, we felt we we filmed it, we recorded it at the beginning of COVID. So this wasn't a topic at the time, and we were talking about racism. Um, in our own experiences. And so we are doing this bonus episode because it's important to, um, and, and we will also write notes on how, you know, the right resources, some of the resources, not, you know, we can't possibly fit all the resources out there, but um, some of the resources that you can turn to, to, you know, relearn, um, to take action um, and definitely turn to that. You know, there's just too much to talk about in this bonus episode, but we wanted you guys to know where we align um, and how we condemn police brutality, um, and especially against the Black community, and how we are standing with them in in the best way we know how.
0: Does Black Lives Matter. Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: The Black Lives. I believe that. And I'll go so far to say that if anyone has a problem with us supporting that, refer to Seth Rogan's Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting everyone on blast.
1: <laughs> exactly. And you know what? The positive thing about this, we all have children. So those are going to be the adults in the world in the future that will not take this as, you know, status quo.
0: Yeah. I think I only, I'm probably the only one that has a child old enough to to talk about it too. But the other night, Tess and, Dave and I were watching the news and Tess kept asking us why we were watching the news all day. And by the time we got to her bath time, I, I was just, I have to tell her the story of what happened, you know? And I couldn't, I really couldn't do it without crying. Couldn't tell her what happened, George, without crying, George Floyd. And, her 5-year-old brain could not compute she kept asking me like over and over to repeat the story because she could not understand why somebody would do that to somebody else and her yeah. exact words were i don't understand why that happened policemen are supposed to be good why did that happen to him why did he have to die she said she said my heart my heart is crying for him and you know when she asked us why did the police officer do that like dave and i did not have an answer for her not not one that a five-year-old could understand, like, you know, you can't, understand, you can't explain systemic unjust and a systemic unjust system to a five-year-old. And we very simply said to her that, you know, sometimes people are not nice to other people because of their color of their skin. And that's not something we do in our house. It's, it's not acceptable. And you need to treat people the way you wanna be treated. Um, and, you know, this was days ago. And she still is coming back to me and asking me what happened to him. And, you know, like a five-year-old understands that this is not acceptable. Um, and I just, <laughs> my hope is that the rest of the country will get there. And, um, and we're doing right, raising our kids the right way. Um, we are. And they'll be, like you said, the fighters for the next generation.
1: You know, and hopefully, hopefully all this action keeps going and they won't have to fight as hard, you know, and, and I think it's important to say along with that, it's not only the black community's job to do the fighting. It's our turn because Mm -hmm. they can't do it on their own. We have to change the minds of our friends and our families to all band together to take the action that we need to. And, and, you know, Chuk, you're in the, you're an attorney and I'm sure, and I've seen other friends of mine too. Like, it looks like you guys are all banding together because your primary goal is justice in your jobs. And, you know, I, I know your stance and any other attorney I know, they they are also taking the right stance on this. So I commend, at least in California, the people that I know, the legal community for coming together, you know, to, to take that stand and offer the, their help because, you know, that's a, a big component of it too. So thank you.
2: You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, but yes, I'm confident that we're all doing the things that we need to do and we will continue to do it, not just now, but in the future, because we don't want our kids to learn this because it's a learned thing. And innately, you could see that Tessa knows that it's wrong. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Thank what you. if time to be alive. Yeah. Uh, I think also just to to add on to like the seriousness of of this atmosphere and it, like the importance of like learning um, every day is that right now people are are now realizing that we haven't <clears throat> we haven't done enough in the past and this is this is the time to get active and to to confront racism on a daily basis and not just when not just when something bad happens. So I think it's a really good thing that people are realizing that not not nearly enough has been done. And just to acknowledge that that you know we know racism is bad is not enough. We gotta we gotta do more and 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 call people out. Yeah. It needs to be a changed Mm behavior yes. and mindset
0: going forward for sure. For sure. For sure. Yeah. So
1: again, if you follow us, um, and you've heard a couple episodes, well, this will will be our first bonus episode. Um, follow us because not only are we gonna talk about our own experiences, but you'll get little snippets of how we grow up and or how we grew up and and you know what leads us to take this stance black lives do matter and only till they do do all lives matter so thank you guys for being with us um you know and and we hope you continue to follow us and if you don't because you don't believe what we believe in then like chuk alluded to (laughs) you don't deserve this podcast
0: (laughs) we don't want to be your friend anyway
1: you don't deserve (laughs) us um, if you have any comments suggestions or anything if you want to talk more about this subject please you know email us at tiktoks at or follow us on ig at tit.talks um, we would love for you we would love to hear your voice we'd love to amplify more voices on this subject so thank you for tuning yeah. in and thank you everybody for sharing thank you Isa.
0: this was a this was a yeah this was a great idea for the bonus episode so thank you
1: Okay.